In this episode of Testimony Musician Story, presented by Soundseekers, we speak to music producer Fameless and rapper Hilgi about their joint album, Contentment, dropping soon. Additionally, we discuss the cop murder of George Floyd and how white people need to speak up. Hilgi also raps and breaks down tables, dopamine, reset, and Jonah in the four-song breakdown. I am Galica Brown, and this is Soundseekers Presents Testimony in Musician Story. Yeah, well, I was born and raised in Nebraska. Uh, I, I actually moved around a lot, but I never li- uh, left Nebraska. And then I moved to Omaha about five years ago, came up for college, and then I just don't really see myself leaving uh, there. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I grew up in like small town Nebraska mostly, which if you're not in Omaha, then pretty much everything else in Nebraska is small town. <laughs> yeah. Even, even Omaha itself is a small city, but, um, yeah, so I grew up in small town and I don't know why, but like, I just always have loved rap music. It's weird because everybody around me just would listen to country 24 seven. So I'm thankful that God let me like rap music. <laughs> but, oh, even your friends and did you have any yeah. friends rap? <laughs> yeah, I did. As I uh, got into high school, middle school, yeah, high school, middle school, they started to, it, it really depended on, like where I lived too. Okay. Like some, some towns, some towns I'd live in and all they would, like they were just total like country people. And then some other towns, um, yeah, it was just straight rap. So I got a, I had a lot of different friends growing up just because I moved to different towns and just had to make, you know, new friends. So honestly, is my dad that influenced me a lot. Like he brought like to some of the first like Christian rap music in my life. I was like, I don't even know, like maybe five or six. And I remember him giving me some, some Christian hip hop albums. And so like, he, he really kind of okay. influenced me in that way. So, yeah. All right. We'll come back to that. Um, you said that you moved around a lot. Why? Uh, it was mostly because of my dad's job and his pursuit of, of different jobs really uh kind of just took us around a lot um we were really only in one spot for like one to two years maybe three max and then we'd move yeah i just moved a lot growing up and really pretty much lived like every corner of nebraska it's kind of we didn't even leave nebraska but (laughs) yeah yeah so was that, that challenging was for you were you like an introverted kid or yeah yeah that? Mm-hmm. yeah it, no it was it was difficult i mean growing up i was actually pretty extroverted and um and then once i got into middle school i had moved probably i don't know like five six times something like that i don't know exactly and at that point i kind of started and looking back now I realized that I started kind of shutting people out because I had this mindset of like, well, I'm going to get close with you and then I'm going to bounce, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I didn't realize it in the time. So then I started to really become introverted and my, um, I was just would rather be by myself and, and, uh, and not knowing it, I wasn't like investing in relationships or friendships because I felt like I was just going to move again, you know, and then it happened, you know, middle school, I moved a couple of times and then high school, I moved a couple of times. So it was just like yeah. this weird, like, I don't know, something that was instilled in me that was like, you're only going to be here for a little bit and then you're going to leave, you know? So it's something that now that I'm out of college and, and all that, like trying to, kind of get over uh and just like invest in friendships that are right in front of you even if they don't you know what i mean like even if they don't last forever so mm-hmm. it's something yeah it's it's weird because I, I definitely would say that i'm more introverted now and okay. i do i do like to be my, by myself and mm-hmm. and that is you know refueling and stuff but yeah so it kind of it kind of took a toll on me but i also see how god used it to really form me you know and and um it was there's a lot of learning that went along with, with moving and stuff. So, mm-hmm. And were you raised a Christian? I was, yeah. So I was, I think, five years old when I accepted Jesus in my heart. And mm-hmm. uh, really from that 
point forward, I've been a follower of Jesus. Um, and my parents, I was really lucky. I mean, they, they, they raised me to, to read the Bible and, and go to church and, and all that and find community in, in uh, church with other believers. And so, yeah, at five years old, like that's pretty much all I can remember is like a life, you know, following Jesus. But then, and I was, I was honestly pretty like sheltered and like kind of protected until like middle school. And that's kind of when um, I started to, you know, for the first time, like question things and like had to develop my own faith, you know, and, um, instead of just what my parents, you know, kind of made me do as a kid. Um, but yeah, I started to kind of roll with the wrong crowd and, and make decisions that were were not good decisions. And, and, and honestly with, with the whole moving thing, you know, if I would have stayed in one place, I would have continued with those friendships that I was choosing. And, and it, I, I honestly don't think I've been where I'm at today. And because, um, of the the friends that I was with, especially like in middle school. And then I moved once in high school and then developed friendships that were not good then. And, uh, I think if I would have just stayed put in one place, like I would have totally chose the wrong path and then went down that path of a long way, you know? Wow. Um, so yeah. Okay. So it's like you said, it was a blessing. It all worked out that you were moving around right. often then. Mm-hmm. So junior high, like what types of crowds, I mean, were you engaging with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, well, so in middle school is kind of where I felt I was really just trying to, you know, be accepted, you know, as most middle schoolers were. <laughs> and uh, I tried to find that acceptance in sports and I, I loved sports my whole life. And I was just like obsessed with every sport that I could play. But I wasn't like that amazing, honestly. Um, I just loved playing. And yeah. so I tried to fit in with the popular like athletes. Um, but I just I just never really did. Like they they just didn't really fully accept me, you know, and that and that point is where I really kind of started to make the wrong decisions in in the sense of hanging out with with you know, kids that are smoking weed and drinking and stuff like that and um and again like i said thankfully i didn't get too deep into it but mm-hmm. i did start on that path and um had some experiences with with some friends it was like around the eighth grade uh going into freshman year um and uh and then like i said and then i moved and kind of just tried to find that same crowd when i moved uh into high school and uh, kind of continued the same things, but yeah, I mean, it was it was weird because I mean, I, I think a lot of believers have gone through this, but just the two the two sided. Um, I was I was totally living a two sided life where I'd go to youth group every Wednesday, but then also go hang out with these dudes that just want to go drink and you know smoke and stuff like that, and. Um, you know, I knew it was wrong. I knew it wasn't right, but it's like they accepted me. And that's, you know, that's just what I needed, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, not that they were bad people by any means, but just, uh, yeah, it was, was, yeah. Those few years were, um, just kind of my rowdiest years, I guess. But yeah. Do you feel that there was a point where you decided, okay, I'm moving, I have a new clean slate, I'm not going to try to gravitate towards mm-hmm. that other crowd, I'm going to try to stay like on the straight mm-hmm. and narrow? Yeah, yeah, I'd say my uh, junior year, so then I moved again, and, um, you know, at the time, it was just like, it felt like the biggest, you know, problem ever you know like i was just super upset at my parents and because i only had two more years left and i thought i had these great friends you know and uh we moved and it was it was like uh you know i was telling you the contrast between the towns that are just like total country people and the towns that like you know hip-hop and stuff like that i was in one place where they liked rap and we were, you know, we were pretty alike and I had, a, I had a decent amount of friends and then I moved and it was, I mean, total, just like everybody lives on a farm. Everybody wants to just stay in that same town and farm their whole life, you know, and like, and so 
not only did I move and leave my friends, but then I went to a place where like, I felt like I just didn't fit in at all. And so at that point it was almost like, uh, I kind of have to just start over and like, and honestly, I didn't want to, to really even try because I didn't feel like I fit in, you know? So, um, it wasn't as much as like me choosing it, but it definitely started my junior year. Um, and I just kind of distanced myself from a lot of people. I found a few good friends that were there that were Christians. And then, and then I kind of just decided like, I don't want to try and, and party because that was a huge part of the, the culture there was, you know, literally just going to party any chance, you know, you can, cause it's a tiny town. There's literally nothing to do, yeah. you know? So, um, but at that point, like, um, God definitely turned my life around. I started a, uh, uh, FCA program at the school, which is fellowship, fellowship of Christian, Christian athletes. athletes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, uh, and, and that was something that I had felt God telling me to do since I was like a freshman, but I didn't actually start it until I was a senior. But like my junior year is when I was like, man, I really feel like we need this. And, and I, you know, I need some community and that, you know, stuff like that. And so finally I did it my senior year. And, and, um, and at that point, like everybody kind of, I mean, there was like seriously like a hundred kids in my high school. So it's like everybody knew where I stood with my faith and, and so I really had to kind of step up and, and own it and, and act like it too. So that was a huge, huge part of my life where things turned around. So. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So you pretty much, I guess kind of almost like, um, I mean, now you have a conscience as in a, mm-hmm. a teenager, almost adult decision to follow Christ versus when you were five. Mm-hmm. And that was right. like around your junior year. Right. Yes, definitely. Now, um, is it wrong of me when I think of like Nebraska? Like every time you talk about Nebraska and the cornfields and all that, all I think of of is a movie like Hoosers and Footloose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that environment. No, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. So, um, in your life personally, you're married as well. I am, yeah. Newly Tomorrow married? is one year, actually. Okay, Tomorrow's one well, year. So. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And how did you meet your wife? I So I met her at, um, in college. We both went to Omaha for college. Okay. Uh, we went to Nebraska Christian College. So. And what mm-hmm. did you, did you already graduate? I did, yeah. Um, I started with um, going for youth ministry, but then I finished with a degree that's called Christian ministry, basically. Mm-hmm. But, so, um, yeah. While in college, is that when you really started picking up your, like, producing? Like, let's mm-hmm. how you got into yeah. music. Yeah, so it was actually in high school, my senior year, I um, I started making beats on GarageBand. I actually went to a Lecrae concert. And then I was just like super inspired. I went home and I was like, I know I can't rap, but I was just watching all these YouTube videos and I found um, videos uh, that Gavi put up. Okay. And Gavi was, he was putting out these videos of like him in the studio making beats and all, yeah. you know, it was kind of like a documentary, I think. And I was like, whoa, like I didn't even know this is a thing. So um, started making beats and they were so bad. They were horrible. And uh, started, I just kept doing it though. Like I, I yeah. loved it. It was just fun. And met some online producers that kind of helped teach me and guide me. And then, um, are they yeah, all, what's that? Those producers are they in the Christian hip hop world or just? Um, yeah. Um, one of the first one was a dude. He he went by Kevmo. He's actually not uh, producing anymore, or because he was a producer, great producer, and he produced for. I mean. Um, uh, a lot of uh, other people. I can't remember all his placements, but he produced for uh, a lot of CHH artists, and then he became an artist himself. But then he's now uh, a police officer and kind of put music on pause. But he was the first guy that really taught me a lot. Okay. Um, and then I got connected with Harrison McQuaid, um, and yeah, we just uh, worked a lot together. And he, yeah, he still produces for a, a lot of people. But yeah. Yeah, and so from then on, uh, 
I just kept, yeah, in, in college, I just kept chasing it. And kind of from the start, I uh, I tried to sell some beats a little bit. I tried to get some placements, but I hated, like, waiting on people to, like, you know, I would send some beats and they wouldn't even reply for, like, you know, probably because they weren't good. But still, I was, like, just I hated, like, not uh, – it, nothing happening so i was like man i, I want to be an artist you know like i still don't rap i don't sing anything but i want to get other people on my beats and put it out as a song and um at the time i didn't know anybody else doing it so i was like let's just try it you know and so i'd make some beats and then i'd pay for artists to, i'd come up with a concept and uh paid to get artists on my song and then started releasing them and so I started doing that in 2015, I think, was the first song I released. Um, and it did all right. And then I released um, a song called Chasing. And um, and it's done really well. I mean, it's my most streamed song. It's about to hit a million, I think. And uh, and I was just like, holy crap. You know, like I had no idea what I was doing. I was just throwing stuff out. And like now listening to it back, I'm like, man, mix is horrible the master sucks like the beat is like eh, you know but like for some reason um people people liked it and um people still bring it up which is just crazy like i, I had no clue that you know i was just kind of throwing stuff out and then that really launched like after that um people started noticing a little bit more so i started working with more and more artists and and yeah so um that's, that's, that's awesome. kind of how I how it really started, but okay. Mm -hmm. Well, since we're talking about music now, actually, Hilgi is in the waiting room, so I'll go ahead and bring him in. Perfect. So, how did the two of you hook up? Yeah. So, man, this is my perspective. I think yours is probably the same. But uh, basically, I was running a beat sale. And I was really trying to like sell some beats. Because uh, like I was telling you, I had, once I started like releasing my own songs, I didn't really sell beats and stuff. So I just started selling like on BeatStars and I was messaging people. And uh, and uh, just a few days before, my friend uh, Jay Crum posted about Hilgi and was like, this guy's next. And so I, I followed him. And then like I messaged him. I was like, hey man, you know, I got some beats and I love your stuff. Because I went and listened to his music and thought it was dope. So then he bought like I don't know how many I don't know like a handful of beats like five beats or yeah. something like that I don't remember. Yeah. But then he sent me what he had recorded and I was like holy crap dude this guy is crazy like he was just like pumping them out and so then I think like half of them you know is what really made us start this this album process actually which is just crazy mm -hmm. but yeah yes. Do you agree? Hilly? Yeah, no, yeah, same, same thing, same thing. I just like I heard his beats, like, and I and I bought a bunch of them. I loved them. They were like the hardest hitting beats I've ever heard, and I was like, dang, I got to write to these. And then we just formed a relationship, started pumping out songs. So, yeah. Oh, was this fairly recently then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind yeah, of recent. It was yeah. probably like what three months ago, two and a half months yeah. ago. Oh wow! Something like that. Mm -hmm. Dang, that's crazy for you guys yeah. to like build a relationship like that okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um the tables and dopamine that those are two of the songs that did he buy those ones or ones you just mm -hmm. had in your like like how does that no. work if he's buying beats yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like hey let's do an album together are you still charging yeah. those beats? <laughs> no 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 so actually all the all the beats that yeah, like we we just were like, hey, let's. I won't charge you for anything, <laughs> and let's just do this together, and we'll split it um, fifty fifty. And so then we just started doing that. And actually, tables and dopamine were two beats that after, um, after those first beats that he had bought, I made those. Um, I think. Uh, well, honestly, so we started working, and then this whole quarantine thing happened. Mm -hmm. And um, we both had a ton of time on our hands. And so I just started like making a ton of beats every day and I was sending them to him. And then pretty much every beat I'd send him, he'd send me like a verse or even like a full song like the next day. And so I was just wow. like, dude, like you're crazy. So we, we see, I think we finished our portion of the album within two weeks, which is like yeah. the fast, <laughs> like the fast, 
we were just going to do an EP and then we had 10 songs and we we're like, well, let's <laughs> put these all out. So, um, yeah, it was just a crazy, like we just flowed with each other uh, really well. And, uh, it just really happened really quickly. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. But yeah, so tables and dopamine both, uh, I made that custom for. Hilgi, how does that work? Do you hear the beats and then they inspire you to just write so rapidly? Yeah, so like, so like, before before we even kind of hooked up uh, and started doing music together, like I had this theme in my head. It's been in my head for a while. Like this this word, I feel like God kept giving me was contentment, contentment, contentment. So I always knew I wanted to make an album called Contentment. But yeah, how the process works is like I hear the beat and then I just write something that is like kind of contentment based and it comes out in different forms it comes out in like a lot of different forms but yeah that's that's how i write is like the the beat is like like i can't write without a beat I, i've tried to do it before it's like the worst process ever like i have to hear the beat it puts me in a in a good in a mood and then i and then i write to it so yeah all right well are you able to wrap a verse from tables right now let's see tables i have like a little snippet i have memorized because okay. <laughs> only because we just we kind of yeah we just put it out recently i i'm still trying to memorize all the lyrics and stuff um so well, yeah, this uh, is well before we do that um so this is the section that we call the four song breakdown okay. so we'll have you do tables dopamine and then um i guess two of the songs that you guys haven't released yet but by the time we put this out they would be released okay so yeah, the, the tables uh, little four bar thing I have is uh, I've been on the road too long. The pro two's broke, but folks need hope. They got anxiety, but cope with dope. Why you think they listen to NF? Why you think we go to service, never hear the message? Attention span gone. The Instagram one, we give the bread off, the likes to get on. We build our kingdom, but where is God's son? I don't need no spot at your table. I'm here to see his will done. Basically saying it's so easy for us to build our kingdom like through Instagram and like, hey, look at me, look what I'm doing. But if we're not, building up the kingdom of God, it, like it, it, it's all void. It means absolutely nothing. So it's like, I don't want to sit at any table where people are building their own thing. You know what I mean? If it's not connected to the kingdom of God, it's like, I don't need you at my table. Me and Famous are going to build our own tables. <laughs> so that's basically Perfect. what that. Perfect. Famous, when you, did you, when you heard, so you gave him the beat and then he came up with mm -hmm. that concept and then you just mm -hmm. go with it or do you guys kind of like go back and forth and like, okay, I like yeah. Mm -hmm. This song actually, so like like Hilgi was saying, with the album, um, uh, so in, in past projects, a lot of times I'm, you know, pretty involved with, with concepts or themes and stuff, but he really had this theme of the album uh, working, you know, for a while before we even started working. So most, most every song, I think you kind of just pumped out the, the idea and the theme for this one, though um was a track that i made a beat and i sent it to helgi we both thought it was crazy we wanted to have like a, a great uh, turn up track for the album and um and then we started talking with jake crumb and so we actually started a group chat i sent the beat and we told crumb like hey man like this is the concept of the album um but we would just love for you to like start this and you create um and a lot of times like I love to just like, I might give an artist a theme or a topic, but I love to keep it kind of broad and, and allow them to just do whatever they feel led to do. Cause as a creative, I work best when I can just do what I feel led to do a lot of times. So I also want to set up other people to do the same thing and not always confine them to like, it's such a small box if they're not feeling it. So what we did was just send it to Chrome. It was like, Hey, this is the album concept can you come up with something that would fit within that album? And uh, so then he came up with tables and then the idea of making our own table and not uh, seeking what other people have already built and trying to be accepted by other people. Like let's just accept ourselves and like, uh, you know, build up our own, our own team. So that's how this one started actually. Perfect. And then Hilgi, where do you live? Sorry, I don't mute. Uh, I currently live in San, no, you're uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, originally from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, yeah, I moved here okay. like like three years ago. So then, the two of you have never met in person, then? Nope. Nope. Just corresponding <laughs> over phone and email, pretty much. 
Okay. And can we get a verse from Dopamine? Whatever happened to the American dream? We're blinded by the cream. We can't see what we're supposed to be. Nobody's focusing, overloaded with dopamine. Instagram's the final act. Watchmen reveal the opening. You best believe that I mastered the art. A passionately crafting words are coming to you. I'm fresh off the arc. Me and Mark had the neighborhood unlock at the dark. So many memories, man. Where do I start? Uh, growing up, I used to hang with older kids shooting dice on the bus. I don't know who roll it is. I don't know who roll it is. Smoking just to cope with stress. Smoking turned to money. Money turned to pills. Pills to poker chips. Rest in peace to Victor. Never thought we'd all lose him. Playing gin at 2 a.m. Look how big the pot's brewing. We talked about, I talked about God to him. What was I doing? Popping Oxycontin while I'm preaching. Ain't no reason Victor gave his life to Jesus before death. How does God do it? Chose to use me in despite my filthiness. Maybe that's called grace. I swear I ain't used to this. Had to do my own research to make sure I see it ain't about what I did for him. It's what he's done for me. So, yeah, that's, I think that's all I can remember there. But, yeah, it's like my story about my drug addiction days. Like, popping Oxycontin, playing cards. Like, yeah, I was a dumb, dumb kid. All right. Well, we'll get into that story uh, later then. And what's the third song you want to do? This is Jonah. Uh, I work hard. I won't quit. Grabbing the stars, all six. Put them in a shopping cart, all six. They don't get these bars. They all sick, all sick. All six for Ryan's belt. Ideas with no clientele. like wiping counters, no pine cell. Ain't no point to it. Yeah, point to him. Hilgi, I thought Orion's belt only had three. That is so odd. You can get double when you're working twice as hard. Don't fight the bars. I'm psychological, no pun, man. I was lost on a bad path. I got scars, that's Kanban. It was dark, no light. I was awake deep in the night, driving to Indiana for some Oxycontin. I was living right and I know God is sovereign, but I wasn't stopping. I just kept on driving then, cracked the hotel door open, dapped the homie, he smoking, packed the bags and we rolling. My heart was full of emotion. Please help me. That was Jonah. Why mm-hmm. the title and what is that about? Jonah, Jonah's basically, because I, I feel like that a lot growing up, like Jonah in the Bible, like, feel called to to give, to give this message or do, do some great things, but always like trying to run away or like dodge God's calling. So I really feel like that was, I, I relate to that growing up. Like I always felt like God was there. Um, like I always felt like he was real, but I would just like literally ran to drugs or like ran to relationships or ran to poker games. And like, I was just basically running the whole time. And um, so, yeah, and at the end I kind of give the, I kind of just share more about my testimony and how God intervened. So, yeah. Okay. You give me like 30 seconds. I'm, I, can, I can pull out lyrics. Um, okay. That's cool. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like parking. I'm like parking in my house right now. Sorry. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, can, I can pull out lyrics really quick. So while you do that, we can talk about this 10 song joint album. Is there a title for it? Mm. Yep. Contentment. Contentment. Okay. So it is going to be Contentment. Um, and what are you guys doing? Releasing a song a week and then what on the 11th week dropping the album? Close. Yeah. We're, we're actually releasing, I think seven singles okay. to lead up to the album. And then there's some, there's three songs that are just exclusive to the album. Uh, the first one, the intro is, uh, uh, the title track contentment. And that is just going to be on the album. There's a uh, interlude, like forty second uh, little like demo track that we included. Um, that's about in the middle of the project, and then the outro, which is another like minute minute thirty song. Um, and so those three songs will be on the album that are not going to be released as singles, but uh, the rest of them we're dropping one one week leading up to the album. So when is that release date going to be then? June 3rd is the album release date. You said June 3rd? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Or July. July or sorry, July. July 3rd. Oh. July 3rd. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> I'm always doing that. I'm always mixing it up. No, it's all good. I mean, but yeah. Okay. And you have uh, your lyrics ready? Are you still looking? Yeah, 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 I got you. Sorry, I got the... the no, I'm good, I'm good. All right, so yeah, it's a reset. Uh, yeah, contentment. We don't need to spaz out. We could, we could choose to be grateful for all the things we have now. 
we could choose to want the thing our neighbor has or choose to let go of that thought and want the thing our savior has. Pay me back, that's mentality. If you black casualty, land of free, no accountability. If we had it, we would give God all the glory, but we want it for ourselves. We don't want to change the story. We want safe house, big gate, control in place. That bread and that bank, F God is my way. Don't like it, there's highway. We're called to something different, wrong for our decisions while we call ourselves a Christian and agrees with spirit. We want to preach the word, but we don't hear it. Godliness pretenders, we want benefits with no surrender. Here we go again. Hilgi's out of line again. They ask me how I know all this. It's because I spend time with him. Round and round again. Here we go. Or round and round again. Nothing changes. Here we go. We're stuck physically until we focus on the spiritual. We need a miracle. Contentment in our hearts. We cannot move forward until we go back to the start. Awesome, man. Okay. So, yeah, let's, yeah. let's talk about that. We have kind of some controversial lines up in there. Yeah. Yeah. Resets is basically about like, like we're so focused on, we just focus on the wrong things as a country. Like we need to be focused on the one who created the country where we get so caught up in like ourselves and sin and racism. Like it's like, man, it's so whack. It's whack out here. We need to reset. We need to hit the reset button and look to uh, the source. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> well, it's kind of rare and unusual to hear our white brethren bring up race relations. So why the decision to do that? Mm. Oh, man. Why? Because that's, that's what God would do. I mean, even like just today, this, man, just all the stuff going on today, what happened in Minneapolis, like what happened was murder today in the streets. Whoa, wait, wait hold like, on. What did I miss? What happened today? Did you hear about the the story that happened? No, I only George, know the Floyd. No, there was another story, something else I was focused on this morning in New York. Mm. It wasn't a murder. It was just no. What was this? Oh, I heard. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that one in uh, in New York too about that yeah. lady in the park. That was, yeah, that was crazy. Um, but no, George Floyd, like he he was he was. It, this cop had his, his knee on his neck. So he was saying, I can't breathe for, for eight minutes. And he ended up dying. Oh like there, and, and people are saying like, Oh, let me wait to see it when all the facts come out. Like the fact is that this man is dead and empathy needs to come first. Like you need to, we need to f like, like try to understand where people of color are coming from as opposed to saying, let me, let me wait and see till all the facts come out. Like, that's like, that's ignorant. That's racist. That's not right. That's not okay. We need white people in leadership, not even a leader, just, just to speak up. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, this is wrong. Like straight up. Like what this dude had his knee on his neck for eight minutes. He was handcuffed. Wow. Like what? I, w I was, I was, I was hurting earlier today. I, 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 mean, I was like, I had to step out of work after seeing that video. But yeah, it's crazy. See, I mean, so yeah, that's, that's so yeah, resets, man. It's yeah. about that. I mean, it's just ridiculous that there's so many stories that no one can possibly keep mm -hmm. up. Like, <laughs> here you are, like right. breaking news to me in the middle of an interview. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Okay. It's crazy. We gotta, we gotta do better. It's yeah. crazy. But. All right. Um. Well, reset sounds dope. Um. I love your flow, by the way, and Thanks. Fameless, your beats are sick for real. <laughs> um, before I get you off the line, Fameless, can you tell me how God's presence looks in your life? And um, it's a twofold question, if you can address it personally and then musically. Yeah. Man, um, yeah, God's presence in my life, I mean, is... Um, it's huge. I mean, I think uh, he's, I lean on him for uh, everything. And uh, I mean, even just like conversations uh, daily, it's like, it all just points back to him and, and my time spent with him. And like, I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll read one thing in the morning and then it's like, it's almost guaranteed every day. Like uh, he provides a conversation that's just like, whoa, like I just read this this morning. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is, you know, let me tell you about God. 
And so like, even just like in these small little things, um, man, uh, he, he's been speaking to me a lot through his word. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, through, uh, some just different challenges, like financially, especially, um, with all this, uh, COVID-19 stuff and it's just been weird times, you know, um, me and my wife have really, uh, just been leaning on him even more. I think, uh, when we go through hard times, it's like, uh, you know, he wants us to lean on him and, and that's where we, where we see him a lot, you know? So it's been, it's been cool because, uh, through trials, I believe that, you know, I grow closer to God, uh, through trials, you know? And so, uh, this this season of life has been pretty cool, um, but yeah. And then uh, musically, creatively, like I really believe that when I'm closest to God, that I'm my most creative. Um, and so, if you see me not being creative, you should check up on me because mm. I'm probably not <laughs> being spending time with God. Because man, like I just I'm just inspired by His Word. You know, I love to just uh, read, and I'm just fascinated by fascinated by studying the Bible. Um, it's kind of how I worship other people have different ways, but I just love to read and like, you know, really connect, uh, with him that way. And I'm just super inspired by uh, what he'll reveal through text and stuff. And so, yeah, like, I mean, I'll just be reading and like, I get this image in my head and that might inspire me to make, you know, some, some gra- I don't do like graphic design professionally, but I, I will do it. And, and, uh, especially like when I'm just inspired like that, it just like flows out of me. And so it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's really cool because like I said, the more I'm connected to God, the more I feel like I'm, I'm creative and, and inspired and like, uh, motivated to, to actually, uh, to make art, you know? So, yeah. That's dope. I mean, I like the point how you said, if I'm not, if you don't see me creating a lot, check up on me. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I'm going to have you uh, leave the meeting, but before you do, is there anything, cool. Hilgi, that you feel the two of you should discuss while you're both on the line? Yeah, Riley's the dopest producer ever. <laughs> <laughs> the best beast in the world. This man's going, he's coming, going places. <laughs> no, but yeah, um, just thank, thankful for him. Thankful for Riley. Thankful for this interview. You know, yeah. So. yeah. Thanks for thanks for yeah. having us. This has been fun. July third is the new album, but yeah, this has been awesome. Thanks again for your time. This is this is sweet. All right, Eric. So now that we've talked about music, we're gonna go backwards, and oh. I want to get to know you and your story a little bit more. So, um, you said you were born and raised in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, born and raised in Chicagoland area. Um, yeah, for most of my life. Yeah, I lived out there. I recently moved out here uh, to San Antonio like three years ago to get married and pursue music full time. And yeah, so it's been good. Okay. And were you raised as a Christian? Um, so I was, I was raised Catholic um, majority of my life. And I always like, it was funny, like going, going to Catholic mass, like I always wanted to like lift my hands up and like praise God. Like if Jesus died for my sins, like I want to lift my hands up and be like, thank you, Jesus. But like nobody did yeah, that. In Catholic that's Mass. not happening in Catholic. Mass. Yeah. Not at all. So I was like, I was like, yo, this, and like nobody talked after church or after mass. And I was like, yo, like, I feel like we're supposed to like be at least friends with like, we, <laughs> like friends. I think we should, I think we should talk to each other. Yeah. After mass. And like, I was so confused and I was like asking my mom questions and like, I, was, I don't know. And I just started asking the priest questions after mass. Like I was a curious kid. Yeah. I was like, what do we do? Like with all the young people that aren't following Jesus, like how do we reach them? And he gave me this like weird bogus answer. And I was like, I was like, something's not adding up. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is not right. So I would go. So I remember going to like every like church, every Bible teaching church in my, in my city to find answers. And I would talk to pastors and I would be like, Hey, what about X, Y, Z? What about this? And they're like, Hey, come to my, come to the youth group. And I was like, oh, bet. Like, and I would go to youth group and there'd be like 500 kids that believed what I believed. Okay. Like we're friends and happy. So like I ended up transitioning um, from, yeah, from the Catholic faith to Christianity. So. So around what age was that then? Um, that was, I believe, I believe it was like, I was 16. I was 16 you, or so. And you did this on your own, not with your parents, like guiding you to, to go do this. Yeah. 
yeah, it was on my own. I was searching and plus I was, I was just battling internally in the midst of all this too. Like I was doing, <laughs> I was, uh, I got into poker games as when I was really young. I used to play poker games in my neighbor's house at age 12. Look for money? Gambling? Yeah. Yeah. I to, yeah. I used to gamble. You had money place. at 13 to gamble? Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> I like, I, I remember having like $60 in allowance and I you would play these like $60 tournaments and I won like three in a row. So I would mm. won like 600 bucks one time, 900 bucks, wow. like 1200. And then I was like, I was like the richest kid in like sixth grade. Like, <laughs> I was like, um, so yeah. And then I, I progressed, like played a lot of cards and then I ended up getting into some drugs at these card games. Um, and then, yeah, I was doing a lot of crazy, crazy things. So what type of drugs were you into? Um, so, so the drugs came about, so the drugs came about, okay, it's kind of a long story, but I'll, I'll keep it short. I was freshman year of high school, first day, first day of high school. I was, my, came home, huge stomach ache, ended up going to the doctor. Uh, a couple months later, they diagnosed me with Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they put me on like um, a bunch of like uh, morphine and stuff like that, like a morphine drip. So I was, um, yeah, I would, I would hit this, this button, this morphine button over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then when I got out of the hospital, uh, they gave me some Vicodin. And then I remember like, uh, yeah, I remember searching for, a- after that whole bottle ran out of Vicodin, I remember I was at a poker game. I was like 17 and this guy was selling Vicodin. So I was like, Oh, like I want some. Cause like I was, I was, I like needed it. I like really wanted it. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need it, but like, I was like addicted at that point because the morphine and Vicodin gave me, and then it progressed into Oxycontin and then Oxycontin progressed into cocaine for, for a bit. And that's kind of like the pinnacle of my testimony. I like overdosed on cocaine one night, fast forward, you know, age, age 20, overdosed on cocaine. Um, I was driving home. I was like crying my eyes out because I know God's real and I know I'm supposed to follow him, but I'm like coked out of my mind doing all these drugs and i remember god like i felt like god was speaking to me like eric like bring my people back like bring my people home and i'm like what i can't even take care of myself i'm like screaming as i'm driving home Mm -hmm. to god i'm like i can't even take care of myself you want me to like like help your people what are you talking about and um and then he's like tell him about tell him about my son oh who's that and anyway i get home and then i remember man i remember going home going home going to my backyard and I'm crying out to God for like two hours and I, I give him my life right there. Like, I'm like, Hey, like God, I can't live this life anymore. I'm going to die. Like something needs to change. Like I need you to show up in my life like right now. And I, and I'll let go of everything. I let go of all the drugs, whatever. And the next day I got invited to a Bible study, got invited to a youth group and I've been doing music ever since. Um, and stop, and I haven't touched a drug for 10 years. So yeah, praise God, man. That's crazy. Wait, the very next day you got invited to a Bible study the, by the, someone you know? Yeah, or so the very, okay. next day, the very next day I went to, I, I, went, I used to play basketball at Export, this is open gym or whatever. And, and then this guy invites me to a Bible study. And then he was like, you want to go to Bible study? And I was like, uh, yeah, let's do it. I remember in the Catholic faith, <laughs> this is where the transition happened. In the Catholic faith, you, like only the priest can interpret, interpret the Bible. And I was like, I used to say no to Bible studies back in the day because I didn't want to like offend my Catholic faith. But at this point, I was like, I was in, I was ready for anything. I was like, absolutely, I'll go. And I, and I remember hearing the word of God being preached like from like a, just like a, you know, person for the first time. And I was like, everything was making sense. Mm-hmm. And then they invited me to church. My friend invited me to church the next day. And then I went and I just kept going and I just kept meeting people and doors kept opening. And things just, and I feel like this huge weight just lifted off my shoulders, this weight of like religious bondage and like my sin, my shame, everything. Like, so anyway, that's kind of like a really short version of everything. So but, ever yeah. since then, that was 20, how old are you now? That was, that was 2010, uh, 8-22, 2010 is the day I gave my life okay. to Jesus. And I, I just turned 31 a little bit ago. Uh, so yeah, almost 10, 11 years clean. Oh, that's so, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That is a powerful testimony. Um, and just to verify, your phone is horizontal right now, right? Is it? Is it? No, I'm asking you, is it horizontal oh. or is it vertical? Yeah, it's, it's horizontal. It's horizontal. Perfect. Okay. And are you newly married as well? 
or you said you moved to San Antonio three years ago for yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Been yeah. Moved here about three years ago. Um, I'm almost two years married. Um, so yeah, kind of kind of new. So but, then, was it a long distance relationship that you moved for? How did all this work out? Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. A few years back, I was sitting in a Starbucks. <laughs> I was sitting in a Starbucks editing a video because I had I have a company, Hilgi Films. I do a lot of video editing for artists. And I was just in Starbucks editing a video, and I was on Instagram, just taking a break. And then I remember seeing uh, th this picture that my friend posted. Her name is V Rose. Uh, oh, she's yeah. also an artist. V. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard her before. Oh, dope. And she's yeah, from she's Sacramento, where I'm from. Yeah. She just moved to um, somewhere in Texas. She posted something the other day. She oh, was okay. going to Texas. I'm like, I got to find out where. Probably Houston. But yeah, she, uh, she posted a picture at a church conference with this, with this girl, Blessy, which is now my wife. Okay. And Blessy. Um, yeah, she spoke there at the church conference and I saw a picture. I was like, dang, this girl's like super fine. Like, <laughs> and I don't usually DM. I don't like, don't do, I don't, I don't do that. I don't DM anybody. You don't slide and, into the DMs. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't slide into DMs, but like this girl is something different. Like I checked her profile. I was like, dang, like she's so fine. Like, and she like loves God. She speaks to, to, you know, young, you know, teenage girls about God. And I was like, dang, this is amazing. And I DM'd her and I was like, Hey, so you speak at conferences, blah, blah, blah. I was just talking to her you know, we started talking back and forth. And then the connection point was, um, it was like a couple months later after we were talking, she had a speaking gig in Chicago. And then I, f and I was like, Oh dang, like we should meet up for coffee. Cause we've been talking for a couple months. I know. And then, yeah, thankfully she agreed and went to coffee in Chicago and hit it off. Started doing long distance. Okay. So. And I saw your pictures on Instagram and yes, she is very attractive as well. Oh, yeah. uh, she uh, looks, she's Middle Eastern. Uh, Southern, Southern, uh, she's Indian. She, Indian. She lives, uh, she's from South India, yeah. Okay. And man, well, her story sounds interesting now because yeah, there's not too many Christian Indians out there. She used to smuggle Bibles um, <laughs> as a kid. Like, what? Saudi, yeah, like she, yeah, she like would put them on her. Her parents would put them underneath her dress, and like she was like really young. She'd be like, "Go oh, run, Sangeeta, run, run, run across." And yeah, she has a crazy testimony. Wow, crazy testimony. Okay, and um, I mean, I'm guessing she's there. I'm just curious because I lived in Houston for a while, so I know a little bit about the South, and I'm from California, and it's uh -huh. totally different when it comes to dating interracially in California mm -hmm. to the South. Have you experienced uh -huh. anything like that down there? Um, no, not really. I'm trying to think. No, honestly, it's been it's been great. Like, at, everywhere we go together, like I actually hear people compliment her. They're always like, "Dang!" Like, well, they don't say like "dang," but that's what <laughs> they'll be. They'll be like, "Uh, but hey, bless you, your skin's really pretty." Like, or you guys look really good together, and we're just like, "Oh, thanks." So yeah, I haven't experienced anything crazy like that. Well, that's good. But yeah, and um. How does God's presence look in your life personally? Um, it looks like quiet time with him. Like every morning I listen to a Devo, I'll get really quiet. I'll get in his word. Um, because like, I feel like that's the only way I can hear his voice because all the distractions, you know? Um, so how does it, how does it look? It just, I mean, it, it looks like me, me just spending time with him, getting in his word and, but not only listening to what I believe he's saying to me, being obedient to it, you know, cause that's, that's the truth. That's the mark of a disciple. It's like, it's listening to the word of God and then obedience to it. I don't want to just do one, one or the other. So it's just really trying to, trying to be obedient to what God's saying, whether it's like, Hey, go talk to this person or Hey, somebody in your neighborhood, like go knock on their door and like invite them over. And I'm like, what? That's weird. <laughs> like I'm good right here with Leslie just eating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, how does it look? It just, yeah, more, uh, time with him and then acting it out. Okay. So. And this uh, project that you have with Fameless, uh, mm -hmm. is this, I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't know anything about your music background. So is this no, okay. your first okay. project or do you have anything? No, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's my 10th, it's my but I took down a bunch of, I took down a bunch of albums because like, I just, I just felt like no one was listening. So okay. I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna take these down. A lot of them, I they'll never be seen the light of day again. But yeah, it's uh. But this is my favorite one. This is by far, man. I I am really excited about this one. Like, really excited about this one. So awesome. 
And outside of this, have you been working on any other music or has this just been your focus? Yes, I'm working on a lot of singles with different artists because I don't know, the way my brain works is like, okay, you have enough content for, you know, releases up till July, but it's like, I want to like not let off the gas. So I'm trying to like, I'm saving up more after that because in this day and age, it's all about it's all about consistency. Like that's what mm-hmm. people want to hear. It's like people, people could drop dope stuff. Doesn't matter what, what, if you're an artist, if you're, I mean, if, if you do podcasting, if you do videos, like if you drop something dope and then like six months later, no one hears from you, it doesn't matter. So yeah. it's like, it's gotta be consistent. So yeah, to answer your question, sorry, I'm like rambling. <laughs> no, to answer okay. your question, um, yes, I'm working with a bunch of different artists and I'm saving up features and putting them in the vault, just ready to release them. So so musically, how does God's presence look in your life? Ooh, good question. Dang, that was good. <laughs> musically, um, how does how does it look? God's presence. Well, it goes back to the quiet time with Him when I'm reading. It's like, okay, whatever I feel like God's speaking to me or something I'm learning from a sermon or or a pastor, I want to put in in the put it in the songs, put it in the music waves. Like that's that's actually one of the reasons why I started music in the first place is because I want, because I believe that, that audio and, and, and video are the two most influential things in this day and age, like what we see and what we hear. So it's like, sure. Okay. We got to use that to like preach God's word and get the message out. So yeah, it just, how does it look musically? Um, Just like putting, putting his word in every song or have, have some sort of, of God bend in the lyrics. Um, or just or or that's what I'm giving up. But as receiving wise, when I'm listening to you know different artists I like or so different worship bands, you know I feel the presence of God that way. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please subscribe to our show, and if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking. For all things testimony, visit testimonystories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.